everyone, and welcome to another of our Best of 2022 podcast. And today it's all about the music, as I'm joined once again by Fiona Liddell. Hello, Fiona. Hi, Alistair. Thank you for having me back. It's an absolute pleasure. Before we get into our choices, how's your year been with playing music and all that kind of stuff? It's been good, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've been doing a lot more live stuff this year my band Gay for Gags we've been kind of trying to get on the live circuit as much as we can so it's been mainly focused on getting that sound um just right and getting it to be um engaging as well for the audience so we've been playing just kind of all about Glasgow and Edinburgh really just support slots um left and right also working on some new music as well um which should be out maybe early next year we'll see but yeah a lot of focusing on my own music and songwriting and production, that kind of thing this year, which was quite nice after the last two years being in lockdown <clears throat> of um, just, you know, sort of basking in everybody else's music and, and listening to so much amazing stuff that was happening. It's been quite um, inspirational for this year going forward. And as somebody uh, on the audience side of things rather than on stage, it's great to be back with live music, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely fantastic to be back with live music. It's, it's incredible. It feels like it never went away. At the same time, <laughs> it's um, amazing how much you missed it when it wasn't there. Uh, that's true. I, I kind of briefly, that situation where I was like, oh, I'm a little bit tentative still. And then recently it's just been like, oh, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it. Let's just go for it. So you go see all the bands you wanted to see during lockdown. No, it's been cool. I've seen some good bands as well. Um, who have I seen? I really liked. I really liked... Um, uh, Kayoshi Station, we supported them at Sneaky Pete's and their set was incredible a few weeks ago. And Peter Cat, do you know Peter? Oh, Pete? yes, I know Peter, yeah. yeah. We saw him in Sneaky Pete's as well, again, supporting him, but we stay, stayed for his set as well because that's the, the good thing to do and his music's amazing. So it was just, yeah, very charismatic front man. It was, yeah. Really oh, he, he does a terrific show, Peter, uh, absolutely. It was great. Um, the, the one I think that really kind of kicked me back in was seeing Angus Monroe at the Flying Dock oh. in Glasgow. I just love his stuff, and in that small room, woof. Yeah. And I went, yeah, I really miss like this. Room. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So before um, we talk about stuff, we should say that there's going to be a Spotify playlist with links to everyone and everything uh, that we're going to talk about. So go over, have a listen to that, check it out, and there'll be links on the website where you can go and buy people's music and find out more. But. Fiona, I'm going to let you kick off first with your first choice. What is it? Uh, my first choice is Chattanooga by Rudy Zagadlo, um, who's a Glasgow-based producer and musician. Um, he's been going for a long time, actually, but I only just heard the new stuff um, that was yeah. released this year, Transport and the Chattanooga EP. Um, and yeah, this one, it was another one that was, we were talking earlier about how it's hard to choose what song from what EP, because there's been so many great um, EPs and albums this year. But Chattanooga, I think, is the one that if I was going to show someone Rudy's music, um, you know, fresh, I'd probably pick this one because um, it seems to just hit all the bases of what I think about when I think about his um, his new music anyway. Um, yeah, this Chattanooga is my first pick. And I love this EP as well. And this was the first time I'd really, I kind of remember hearing about him a bit, but this is the first time I really engaged with his music. Um, our sellotape was close to making my choice. But then I thought some people might not like that sound of the sellotape at the beginning, but some people are a bit like nails down a blackboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he seems to be not just one of the most interesting 
musically in that EP, but also lyrically as well. It's just a really interesting kind of combination of the two. Just as a slight aside, I'm interested in what you think constitutes, in the days of streaming as we're in, uh, an EP and what's an album, because, you know, is it just what people decide, do you think, to call it? Kind of, I mean, <clears throat> strictly from a marketing perspective, an EP would be a collection of about three or four songs, mm -hmm. an album is anything above about seven songs is like the, the minimum amount you need for an album, apparently, but that's, that's purely from a marketing perspective. I think it is just turning into whatever you want it to be. It can be an EP or it can be an album. It can be a, um, a Skokofi collection. It's yeah. just whatever you'd like it to be. No, um, I'm sure. Yeah. I, the reason I ask is because I think with the Scottish Album of the Year Awards, it has to be six tracks or more. There you go then, yeah. Right about that mark, that mark, I would say. But, yeah. yeah. No, it's just something that, cro that crossed my mind, but it is a great EP. And uh, and one of the reasons I, w I was thinking about it, because my first choice, um, which is Mango Lassie, Coconut Oil is taken from her Cycles EP, which is only four tracks long, mm -hmm. but it feels to me like a, it's such a fabulous collection of songs. Yeah, well, all the all the songs and, and the length of them as well, the journey they take you on, it does feel like, you, you say four songs, they're going to be absolutely tiny, but then you, you listen to the whole thing, it does feel like you've gone on this big hour-long or days-long journey with her. So, yeah. It's um, it's probably my record of the year. Individually, I, he I heard them all individually first, and they're great. But then putting them together as the four, with the four seasons and all the themes that run through it and the changing of what she's thinking about. And I saw um, Mango Lassie, or uh, Amy Bowman, as she is, mm -hmm. launching at the Glad Cafe, where there's the, the stuff, footage that she shot. It's not just a audio project, it's a visual one as well, and she's been cycling about, hence the title, mm -hmm. filming the countryside and all sorts. It's absolutely beautiful, and it makes so much more sense as a whole. You know, it's something quite magical as a whole, I think. Okay, yeah. I've never heard of um, Mango Lassie. This was, this was completely new to me. Um, but the song in particular, it's, it's yeah, it's very simple, but the story that Amy kind of weaves throughout it, it's like you're going on a big tour of all of Scotland's most beautiful places. <laughs> And also the senses as well, the amount of, um, you know, food and tastes and smells and sounds that she cites in the song. It just feels, yeah, like you're going on this mad big holiday with her, weirdly, around Scotland, eating lots of amazing food and experiencing all the amazing things of the country. So the cycling thing does make sense now that you said that. And when you see the film footage as well, you know, there's it's exactly that. There's wild swimming, there's cycling, there's the dogs running, there's the picking of berries and all of those things. <laughs> That's a really lovely song. Remind me of the staves a little bit with the harmonies as well. Yeah, that's a good shout. Good shout. So, what's your second choice? Um, my second choice is Rubik's Cube by Dictator, who are West Lothian based um, outfit, who've been going for quite a while now. I think they signed to Black Hole Records this year, possibly. Right. This is their first EP released through them. Um, and the reason I picked the whole, the whole EP again is really, really good. Really yeah, especially Pangolin by with uh, Ben. Ben's is a really, really good track on it, the opening one. But um, before this EP, when I thought of Dictator, I always thought of their big, sort of epic, rocky numbers that are like 10 minutes long or something like that, something that they and um, my band Geffer Guys have in common. Um, but then they released this one, and it showed that they weren't afraid to you know change their sound and show a funner side of themselves. Um, and yeah, just share some of their wacky ideas with us a bit more, which I really liked. Um, and yeah, I learned a lot about the inventor of the Rubik's Cube, which I hadn't really thought of before, uh, as, as obviously as a person <laughs> who did that thing. 
Um, but I thought that was, yeah, educational as well. <laughs> educational <laughs> as well as entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's a very earworthy song as well. And yeah, um, yeah, just catchy and kind of playful. And I, yeah, appreciated the change of pace from them. I agree completely. It's a great three-minute pop song in that kind of classic sense. And it, for me, it's a sign of a really confident band. You know, they're uh, clear on what they're doing. They're clear on what their production is. Yeah. The image even that's on the album, you know, that it's it's a band really kind of enjoying themselves. And that sample's a great example of that, isn't it? It's like yeah. sampling the voice and, and even using the Rubik's Cube as a metaphor as they do throughout the song. It's pretty unique, yeah. It's a pretty unique way of... Um... Expressing expressing how your mental state is through a Rubik's Cube. And they kind of touched on how solving a Rubik's Cube is this big, like, impressive feat, um, even though it's just, re it's a simple, simple, like, kids' puzzle game. It was designed to be a simple puzzle game. And, yeah, people do speeds, you know, solvings of it and stuff like that. And it's become this whole sort of cult thing of its own now, off, off there. But, yeah. And a... I mean, it, it does show a different side of them as well, you know, a kind of more uh, light-hearted side, which was great to see. My second choice is Andrew Vasilik and the Confluence. Uh, he's approaching national treasure status, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> That's fair. Um, it's interesting, maybe this isn't interesting, but on the album, it's Our Confluence, and the single is The Confluence. I don't know if there's anything to read into that at all. I'm sure he meant that, um, definitely. But the album is Hearing the Water Before Seeing the Falls, which is a great title. And again, it's so difficult to pick something from it because a bit like um, the Mango Lassie Cycles EP, it kind of makes sense more as a whole rather than... I mean, you can listen to the individual stuff, but I think it does make more sense. And also, this is instrumental music that for me it demands to be listened to, you know, not stuck on in the background or you where you do the dishes or whatever you might do. You sit down and you listen to these albums, you know, because there's so much going on. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I hadn't heard of this um, at all before um, you sent it over on your list. Um, and I was, yeah, it was, I was very impressed with it. It seems to me like it's a, because it's an instrumental track, it has to paint a lot of colours to, to sort of fill in the story. And I feel like when listening to this song, you can just kind of see it all. You can see sort of nature and I got a lot of autumnal colours as well from it. Um, and the build up in it is, is, is really kind of intricate as well. And then at the end, the big crescendo and the flourish of all the instruments sort of coming together over this one melody rather than the polyrhythms, it all just kind of just slots in for the very last bit. And I thought that was a great sort of coming together almost of, of, of an ecosystem or something. To <laughs> yeah. suddenly bloom or something like that. I'm There's something very natural in his music, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, the album's great as well. So if you don't know it, um, I would say go and check it out. I'm going to check out the rest of it now after hearing that one. It was, it was really impressive. That really got in my head, that one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good way of putting it. It kind of, kind of stays with you once, you once you've finished. So I'm so pleased you picked pick this next choice. What is it? <laughs> this is Exit Scene by Sapien, um, Scott Simpson. Uh, this is his artist's name. Um, so Scott is something of a metalhead, I think. His roots kind of lie in that. And I first heard his music um, in lockdown, I think in 2020. And you could still definitely tell there was some metal influences in there. Definitely. But this is a huge, huge step away from that. Um, and I really, I, whenever I stick on a Sapien song now, I don't know what it's going to be, which yeah. is 
very basically a very exciting artist for me I think um and this one it's just yeah it just again it's another earworm it just gets right in your head the riff is inc incredibly catchy um and I just like how he's not afraid to again change his sound do something different very confidently and care more about how much they love the song and how much care and attention has gone into the song itself rather than worry about you know what genre is it or is it going to fit with my older stuff or that kind of thing i think it's really brave um it's definitely the poppiest thing he's ever done but um the lyrics are still kind of metally as well it talks a lot about it's very self-deprecating and <laughs> a lot about despair and being egotistical and that kind of thing which i appreciate as a sort of drawback to where he came from oh no i just I'd written down this is perhaps the most unexpected release of the year yeah. because he, he had had you know that kind of metal background, and then I think he did a kind of more acousticy thing as yeah, well, Cold yeah, Light I think it was called. Yeah. But his last few releases, and particularly with Exit Scene, it's just like big pop songs yeah. that he's been that he's putting out there, and they're they're absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. I think this is the best one yet for all the reasons that you said. I'd say, I'd say so. This is the song that when I first put it on, it's it's one of the ones that I just show all my musician friends. Like, listen to this. This is one of those ones where you just share with everyone because you know they're all gonna love it. So yeah. And there's still gorgeous guitar at the heart of it. You know, if you listen, and there's a beautiful guitar getting played there. And I mean, this is purely aesthetic, and it's absolutely it. But you know, he still he still looks as though he would be shredding guitar. Yeah, you know, rather than playing this pop song, and I think that's brilliant. You know. No. The juxtaposition of that definitely works, but it kind of makes him stand out a bit. But he's, he's still him, I guess. And yeah, none of us are any one particular genre. No, our whole you know music career. Hopefully not. If you are, then it's a bit boring. You have loads of different songs inside. You have all these different genres. And Scott's definitely one of those people who's not afraid to put them out. Exactly, that's great. You know, because I think I do think it's things have changed. But I think perhaps in the past there was almost um, pressure to go. Right, you're a heavy metal guitarist, and that's it. And of course, the best artists from Bowie to Prince to, you know, yeah. try all sorts of different things. Yeah, I mean, I always struggle to put down on any festival form what genre are you? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> just... And I think that's really, I think we've spoken about this before, but I think that really is changing the way that mm -hmm. jazz and hip hop and folk and all these people are kind of working together, it's you know? Over, yeah. And there's lots more examples of that um, coming up. Mm hmm. What's your next I'm talking about big pop songs. The next one for me is Medicine Cabinet and the the the, the signs. I think this is their debut, mm -hmm. but um, they they formed in 2019, but of course that kind of means hardly anything because of the last couple of years when you've not been able to be in a rehearsal room or play live. But they sound as though they've been together for ages. You know, they're so tight for that to be their debut single. I think it's incredible. No, I think so too. I had, somehow I'd missed this entirely. Um, I only heard it when, when you sent it over. But yeah, it was a big, big hit. Everyone seemed to, everyone was like waiting for it because they played so many shows. They'd opened for, I think they were opening for Franz Ferdinand or something like that. And they'd done a lot of King's Touch shows that just sold out. And I'm guessing it's because their live energy is, is just so incredible. They've managed to develop a huge um, kind of cult following, even without any music being out at all. So this was long awaited, this single, I think. Um, and the song itself, yeah, as you said, they're super, super tight. It feels like they've been a band for, for way longer. This feels like quite a mature release for a first single, even if it is still like pop punk and that kind of thing. Um, it does remind me a lot of a kind of Duran Duran slash Blondie mix or something yeah. like that. Um, 
And the song Subject Matter as well is another one that was probably written during lockdown because it's kind of trying to find meaning in, in little things to justify your own choices and, and that kind of thing. I think that resonated for a lot of people, especially over the pandemic where you had nothing to do but think about your choices and think about what's happening in your life. So I think it resonated with a lot of people in that way. And I think you're right, pop, pop punk's a good way of putting it. I love a bit of shouting in the middle of a song. Yeah. That's always a good thing. And uh, it kind of comes in, gives you a good shake and, you know, leaves uh, and you're kind of going, oh, what was that? Again, a lovely, perfect pop song in in that sense. And I was yeah. interested to see how critically acclaimed they already are, considering how little they've put out. Yeah, me too. Um, and often that can be quite a bad thing because, you know, the marketing's bigger than, the, you know, the expectation becomes far too big. But actually, that's, I think that it seems to um, tick all the boxes. Mm -hmm. They still seem pretty grassroots, I think. So if, even if they do have a big media campaign behind them, I don't think it's, they're letting that, um, you know, take any of the grime off of them. To be it's supposed to be a compliment, but yeah, they're not all shiny yet. No, 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 that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you mentioned... Duran Duran, uh, and, and kind of, it would be the early Duran Duran, you know, when they were still playing clubs in Birmingham and dressing themselves rather than the big, yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> so your next choice is one uh, I was not familiar with. So what is it? So this is uh, As She Cries by Silver Coast, who are an Inverness-based Inverness band who've been going right. for about, I think, 10 years this year. Um, but this was the first song I'd heard of them. They're an alt-rock slash pop-punk band. It's another poppy-punky thing. Mm -hmm. Um... Out of all the songs I heard this year, this is the one I sent to everyone who I knew were super into things like Blink, Blink 182, Limp Bizkit, um, Linkin Park, um, My Chemical Romance, all those bands, those emo-y sort of um, yeah, gothy bands from like the 2000s and 90s. Um, so basically every musician I know, because they, they all have <laughs> a big phase of this stuff. And the song is, it just has a lot of nostalgia for me because it's that it is that kind of, it harps back to that, um, that era where that stuff was really, really huge and everybody who was ages like 10 to 14, 15 was really, really into it. Um, but it still feels like kind of youthful and hopeful, even though it was quite a long time ago now that that music was super popular. The fact that it's coming back, I think, just makes me very happy. So it makes me, um, it makes me feel joy when I listen to this song. Um, it's very, yeah, the screamo as well is especially like, like sort of it pulls at a weird part of uh, people who are my age's heartstrings, I think, because there's so many songs of that era um, have that in it. And it's, yeah, it's also just the the way they record. It's, it's really hard to record, you know, wall to wall rock like this or wall to wall band stuff because it can just get really, really messy. It's mm. kind of a blur. And the production and the recording of this is, is sublime. You can hear everything. Everything's super tidy. And everything has its chance to stand out as well. And yeah, it's it's a really impressive recording as well. I was going to say that I think the, the production is fantastic. And it did something similar for me because I've got a bit of a heavy rock past mm -hmm. back in the day. And this would be the kind of song I could imagine blasting out from my bedroom and annoying the yeah. neighbours. You know, it's absolutely got that feel to it. Um, and I'm glad you listened to it. You picked it because I, I don't really listen or play much of the heavier side of things. Mm -hmm. And I should, because when you hear something like this, you go, oh, yeah, yeah it really kind of it hits you. Mm -hmm. It does, it definitely hits you. And, yeah, um, it's just it's just a, a song that, yeah, as I say, it just brings me joy. I can see myself listening to it with my stupidly dyed hair on a Walkman or something. And that, 
that image uh, just makes me very happy. So yeah, I love this. It's absolutely for an old Walkman. That's a, that's a great example. <laughs> but do you think that kind of, I mean, heavy uh, rock's never gone away, but do no. you think that there's a certain style coming back again? I really hope so, because I think they've sold out a couple of shows up north now, so they definitely have a fan base, and fans like them, I think, also have a fan base. Um, and I don't think it's just teenagers anymore. I think it's people like me who used to really like that music and still do, um, looking for new music to listen to. So I think there definitely is an audience for that kind of music out there. Yeah, well, they're, they're another band I need to check out further, and because that, that was... Uh... Really enjoyable listen. Yeah. Quite, a, quite a change of pace now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Well, it's a very the, varied list, which is good. It should be varied. It should yeah, be. no, it's, I think all, you know, patting ourselves on the back aside, I think it's a really good list for that. It really is a good um, mix of things. And my next one is Alice Fee and Haircutter. And Alice released um, four singles this year. I think this is probably the bit, well, it is the best one. That's why I picked it. Um, but She's working with, um, I think she's working with Jumping the Shark Management, who look after Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes, Cara Rose, Declan Welsh, Zoe Bestel. And I think it's a great fit yeah. because I think her sound is, um, there's something traditional and not in the trad sense, but, you know, something old going on with it. You know, it's that kind of torch singer or very almost a jazz singer feel about it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I've written down old Hollywood um, for her voice. It sounds very sort of, yeah, traditional, not traditional, as you say, but just kind of classic, I guess, is the term. Yeah. Um, It feels very much like that. Um, The voice is, yeah, stunning. Her voice is incredible. I hadn't heard of this either before it was on the list, and I'm very glad it was on the list. Um, I think I think the song is about the amount of weight and value we put into a new haircut, possibly, and how it's going to fix all our problems when in reality it's not really going to do that nobody really notices we'll see Fiona, I'm long beyond <laughs> that <laughs> no that's true I, I, I trim my moustache for that that's you go. you've got that. I can't have that so that's <laughs> <laughs> or it could just be about how much she loves her partners here I don't know I like my version but I don't know <laughs> I, I do think there's something um a little dark going on there as well, you know. I'm not saying it's that she collects the hair and stores it away or anything like yeah, that. But yeah. there, there is something there, kind of weird about liking hair because it's kind of related to it's like teeth falling out, hair falling out. It's kind of related to death in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and kind of spooky stuff. So maybe that was the angle. It's supposed to be kind of creepy as well to be super into someone's hair. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Alice, if you're listening, maybe we're totally misrepresenting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think. <laughs> What I like about Alice, what I've heard so far, is that the songs fit her voice really well. You know, it, it, it's, it, it worked uh, beautifully together and the music too. Mm -hmm. really uh, I'm, I'm hoping to hear more um, in, from her soon, hopefully. Because if there's four songs you're thinking there's maybe an EP or an album on the way, yeah. which would be excellent. Now, I saw this next choice of yours last night at the Scottish Alternative Music Awards and I was absolutely blown away. So Yay. you tell us who it is. So this is Becky Sakasa and her song Lullaby off her new album 12 Wooden Boxes which has been on repeat in this house fairly often since it came out. Um, again another one where it was really hard to pick one song. Very very tricky um, but I picked this one because it's um, it's probably she writes a lot of very personal songs and very vulnerable songs but this one um, feels one of the most vulnerable to me. 
um, it's the idea of singing a lullaby to, to oneself because uh, either nobody else is there or you don't need anybody else to do that. That's, that's kind of, I think, quite a nice um, sentiment. It's very self-affirming. Um, and yeah, just singing yourself to sleep. It's, it's a very interesting image in my head. It's a very vulnerable image as well. Um, she reminds me of a kind of image in heat with Leanne Le Havis thrown in there as well. Mm. Um, so if you're a fan of either of those um, artists, then this, this whole album will be right up your street, I think. But Lullaby itself, um, yeah, it's, it's quite short as well, but it just kind of gives you everything you need in just one wee song. There's no other instruments really or anything, just a vocoder and some mm -hmm. lovely harmonies and just a kind of the same melody with different lyrics going round and round until it builds up and then just drops away again. Again, kind of leaves you going, what was that? <laughs> As she said before, it's very like that. And yeah, I'm glad you got to see her last night. I was almost going to go to the Sawas, but I was tired <laughs> from being all around Glasgow for the last couple of days, Christmas shopping. So ah. It's on every year. I'll get it next Yeah, year. I'll be here next year. Yeah, it was a, it was a great night, but I have to say Becky was my highlight. And right. She's someone I didn't really know until fairly recently. Mm -hmm. um, I was involved as one of the nominators for the acoustic. Oh, yeah. Uh, award and a Becky well was done, Lindsay Clark as well. Well done, Lindsay Clark, who we spoke about last year, absolutely. Mm, we did, yeah. And a, in fact, I'll name check them all. The other two were Lewis McLaughlin and yeah. Fairweather Friends. It was a really strong category. Strong group, yeah. Yeah. Strong group. But it was fantastic to see Becky play live because yeah. you get that extra dimension, you know, and it was her couple backing singers some guitar but not I'm really just supporting with the guitar and some light some light drums is that the yeah. terminology yeah and uh, it was just a uh, fantastic five song set and yeah wonderful yeah I want to, I want, definitely want to see her live next year if I can she's not off in Germany I'd like to come see her live in Scotland so my next choice is race car and better than you know. Um, and this was perhaps my most joyous record of the year, just because these seem to be people who just are loving playing music together. They're just, you know, everything about it. And, you know, at one point you get this guitar solo that comes in out of almost nowhere. <laughs> and you think, oh, wow, what's that? Uh, and the whole album's like that. Uh, the album is called Orange Car. In fact, now here's something cool. This was my, this is my version of oh, it. Oh, a wee uh, gold car USB stick. I love that idea. It's a great, great way to get to a unique way of selling your album. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, and if you like the track that you've got in the Spotify playlist and that you've heard, then you'll love the album because the, the whole thing's just them. Um, and quite, I don't entirely know who Race Car are. You know, it's lots of, you know, it's, they're not selling themselves as a band. They're just, yeah. you know, it's great musicians making great there's, music together. Yeah, there seems to be a core three mm -hmm. um, of Izzy, Robin, and Cal Mason. Cal Mason, who released um, an amazing album of, of kind of trads and um, original songs this year or last year. I, can't I think it was last year. I think it was last year. year. Yeah. So they're kind of the core three. I think they just they, they get lots of other very, very good musicians in. And I was delighted to see this was being. One of your pick because Flood was nearly one of mine, um, their first single from the album. Yeah. Um, and I remember how floored I was by that single and how it's again just a debut single right out of the gate. Incredibly talented musicians, wonderful songwriting, and yeah, it just it's just perfection. And the whole album is is pretty much perfection to me. This song in particular reminds me weirdly of like a Paul Simon one, kind of a later Paul Simon. Um, and yeah, the drop as you said for the guitar solo, it's just so unexpected, but so like joyous as well it's a very joyous song it feels like a kind of 
celebration of yourself or something it feels very much like this is me I'm independent and you know um I'm flourishing now that I've moved on from you whoever you were yeah yeah, and I think that's, that's a really interesting comparison with the later Paul Simon because the level of playing is kind of up there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just astonishingly good. And as I say, I just get the feeling that they would be doing this whether anyone was listening to it or not. Do they just really enjoy um, playing together? I think so too. Um, do they do live? Uh, they do. They had their live gig. They had a live gig in the Voodoo Rooms and um, Gay for Gays were kind of in talks to support them but we had a gig at Voodoo Rooms not long uh, around that time so they asked um, oh I can't remember they asked somebody else so they do do live shows right. um, I don't know when their next one is coming up I have a feeling it's quite soon from what I've seen okay but, um, oh yeah hopefully hopefully soon they'll be doing some more live shows because I would love to see mm-hmm. this music played live I'd just be absolutely fascinated to see how they do it so your next choice Fiona yeah huh? um my next choice, I'm playing favourites a little bit with one of my selections just because I know the band fairly well, but they're some of the nicest people that I, oh, um, I know. And it's some great music. And yeah, the music's fantastic as well, so I think it's absolutely fair that they're included on here. This is Part Machine by Yoko Fono, which is um, the title track from their recent album. Um, it's just it's just incredible. I saw this live and it was incredible as well. They did their whole EP launch or album launch. Um, a couple of months back and I went along to see that and this song in particular is just just hits in a really um, just kind of primal way almost so it builds super slowly as well I love a really really big slow build into this massive crescendo and the violin drop it's just one of the coolest things I've heard really that them, them do or anybody do it's just that screaming screaming tone as a, as a violinist it's just like see it can be a cool instrument we can do cool stuff ah. with it it's awesome um, part machine feels kind of it's it's for me it's kind of a lonely robot who's just kind of looking for humanity or something and then at the end maybe they've taken over the planet or something I don't know but it's it's a really interesting story and they're very good at doing that with their music I think it's kind of almost the kind of folk music I would imagine post-cold prom queen might make you know there's that kind of science fiction aspect to it. and you're talking about um seeing them live i noticed that they're playing the hugging pint in glasgow on the first of february so i think i will head along yeah, to that because i would love to see this line it's incredible it's it's they've added um a banjo player and a flautist to the, to the lineup it used to just be lissa um and the and the, the other three boys as well but now i think they've added these other two players it does add a whole other element to it and they just sort of bounce around. Everyone's doing different souls and different parts in different places. And the energy they bring to the live stage is just, it's just incredible. Because on this track, it's almost they're taking folk music to really new and exciting places. And I know you do that yourself, but if you do it as bravely as this, you know, to have it, it's, it's kind of, there's bits of prog and there's electronica going on there. Um, yeah. I said, um, I reviewed this album for Callum um, before it came out. Um, and I think the main thing I took away from it was actually the whole thing kind of has vibes of disco going through it, which is a new thing for them to go disco folk, which was interesting <laughs> um, for the first couple of tracks anyway. But I picked Part Machine because it feels kind of slightly more like um, old Yoko Pono, but also breaking into these completely new genres, as you said, like prog and rock and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, it's an insanely technical and impressive piece of music. And I really, really, and it's quirky as well. Which yes, is it is. So, it's yeah. great. So next, I'm going to talk about Fergus McCready and Law Hill. And I thought I had to mention Fergus yeah. just to say what a year he's had. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the, it won, uh, he won the Scottish Army of the Year Award. Um, he was shortlisted, of course, for the Mercury. And But the main reason is just because this is just an astonishing piece of music. His piano playing on this is Herculean, I'm going to say. Not fair. It's mental <laughs> how good he is at piano. I mean, we want you to go and listen to the whole of the Spotify list, of course. But... Take note of the playing, the piano playing on this piece of music because it's exceptional. It really is. I just, yeah, it, it sounds like the, the the band have been playing together forever. It sounds just so impossibly, impossibly tight and coordinated. It's like they're sharing one brain or something. It's, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. And this song itself, if, you, if you've seen, there's a live version somewhere on YouTube of them playing it together. And it's just so stupidly int intricate and it's just brain-meltingly good. I can't really get my head around how good they all are at playing this stuff. And just, yeah, the the sort of ebb and flow of this song as well, it just kind of effortlessly goes from sort of a calm river to like a big rush later on. It's just it's painting that image in my mind and they just go from one to the other so seamlessly. And yeah, it's, it's, it's Scottish jazz is just such super exciting place to no. be, I think, right now, to be a fan of, um, especially because of songs like this and albums like this. Yeah, I like the idea of Fergus McCready having a hive mind with his, yeah. <laughs> not going to link into each other. <laughs> it does feel like that. And a bit like Andrew uh, Vaslick and also uh, Mango Lassie, there is a real kind of link with nature in in the playing, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. It does seem like that. It does seem sort of... Um going through different either weather changes or something like that or something there's lots of big gusts of wind and then something that's very calm um and yeah you can tell he loves the again the beauty of of, of scotland and, and clearly just wandering around and looking at stuff and just experiencing nature uh and like uh andrew vaslick well you couldn't just have this on in the background it would just, no. you know you have to really sit and just you. it would really distract you from anything else so next up, uh, another choice I could have uh, had as well, but tell us what it is. Uh, this is Jelly Tots by Maima Mero, um, her new album, Almost Home. Um, I was blown away by it. It was, it was breathtaking. It was really understated and delicate, yet very, very powerful at the same, the same sort of time and very vulnerable as well. It kind of, this one, it starts kind of like with um, the haircutter one. It reminds me of sort of classic old Hollywood or old kind of, romantic ballad sort of thing it reminds me of i could hear it in something like music man with the mm. melody that it's uh, it's weaving i could hear it in something like that and then the percussion and the i guess you kind of call it the chorus of the middle part of the song just suddenly gives it a completely different vibe and just drives it forward um and yeah it's sort of discussing the sweetness of of an almost innocence of love with the little glockenspiel at the start as well and how somebody's flaws are kind of part of that and yeah the whole album is is fantastic and Mima is doing some amazing some amazing work kind of combining again folk and electronic and yeah. indie and all these different genres together and yeah it's an incredible listen this album and spoken word as well sorry there's some spoken word pieces in there too i was going to say nearly every track on it surprises you it goes somewhere where you don't expect it to whether it's a kind of almost false ending or uh your spoken word did you say uh, coming into it as well uh, the reason i probably didn't pick a track from it is because I would have struggled <laughs> to pick one because it is such a complete collection of songs, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's another one where you need to hear the whole thing to get the whole picture. But Jelly Tots, as a way to sort of, I guess, yeah, it's a good end. The album, yeah, to get in. This is a good way. This is a good way to get in. So if you like that, 
listen to the rest of it and you'll get the whole picture. It's like part of a jigsaw puzzle and you need to get the rest of it to fill the whole picture in. And I was thinking about uh, Mima's voice and there's something almost heartbreaking about it. You know, it, it, you listen, it's it's got a melancholy through it. I, I just, uh, you know, it's, I love it. I love that voice. I love the whole album, everything about it. It's, it's incredible. I, it's a, it's kind of again a vulnerable sort of voice, but you can it, she she's doesn't not afraid to use her accent as well in it, which mm -hmm. I think also kind of makes it more personalised, which um, again makes it just way more relatable and emotional a little bit as well. No, it's a, it's a great choice and it's a great album. So check out the song and then go and yeah. further and check out the full album. Now. We're not going to have, we don't have to pick a track of the year, but if we did, I think, if I did, I think this might be mine, or at least it is today. It's Cloth and Low Sun. And Cloth are another band who seemed to arrive when they did Almost Fully Formed. You know, the songs were there and the style was there. And the, uh, they, if Race Car had lots going on in it, yeah. Cloth, almost let it breathe they kind of, you know it's, it's almost the opposite and I'm not saying one is better than the other at all they're both brilliant but it's it's quite a, a brave thing to do I think to just kind of have it so pared back um, cavernous in a way I think what I've written down is yeah cavernous it's weird it, I get quite emotional listening to it and I'm not too sure why and I'm not too sure I want to know why but there's, <laughs> there's something in it that you kind of Cavernous is interesting. It's almost like are you looking? Yeah, maybe you've got too much time to think. Maybe some music, you know, just you're carried away. But with with this song, you know, you really have to kind of get involved with it. I think. You do yeah, they ask you to come on board with it a bit. It also just lets the the voice and the lyrics breathe a bit more. It's it's it sounds like it's being the whole song kind of lives in I don't know some kind of I don't know why it's kind of like an underground car park that's quite empty. That's what it conjured in my head. Um, and someone's just quietly saying this himself in a car or something, but it's just such a, it's just such a spacious, spacious song. It's so minimalist as well. I get where you got emotional, isn't it? Because yeah, the song itself, the the subject matter at least, it, it's very um, related to how we were kind of feeling again, probably during the pandemic when we were just really just super lonely, and yeah. it's just needing somebody to to make us feel normal again, basically, and make us feel like we're we're loved and we're appreciated. So I think, yeah, um, in terms of subject matter, it's definitely quite an emotional one. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know, that, that maybe the sense of space really works with that then, because if this, if this person is on their own and there's nothing around them but this space, it kind of reflects back that same idea of just utter loneliness. <laughs> That's it. I'm staring into the abyss and it's staring yeah, back at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. But it was a great book. Yeah, and, and I think they're a fantastic band cloth. They just, you know, everything they've ever have released and continue to release, I, I just love. Mm. So your next choice, Fiona. Yeah, my next choice is I Am Free by Michael Cassidy. Another artist who I hadn't heard anything about apart from this song. Um, and as soon as it came in with just this very kind of broke Scottish voice, just singing in a kind of gospel fashion, about nature and about you know sort of the journey of life I was just immediately in um, and then the harmonies floating around it as well and joining in feels kind of chanty and then the strings that come in midway through it's just the perfect recipe for a song that I'm going to like is lots of good harmonies and lots of good strings and if, when that's all the song is and it's all the song needs 
it's yeah a very kind of beautiful sort of magic kind of happens and i think it's just yeah okay song of the year then this one will probably be mine there you go fantastic <laughs> it's, it's um a, yeah it's just such a beautiful piece sorry I know, um, again, it's a, it's from a great album, Wandering as Water, but what a great way to open the album. You know, absolutely quite a brave thing to do, I think. As you say, having it so stripped back, mm -hmm. it's almost a traditional song, isn't it? Uh, and there's it does these... feel like that, yeah. Yeah. It's very kind of folky, even though it's an original, original. It definitely takes cue from that, the kind of gospel and folky. And um, I can see everyone in like a folk club at some tiny Scottish village. So if some guy gets up and starts singing a trad song and it's something that sounds a lot like this. So it's a lot of cues from that and those roots, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, Neil, the other half of Gaffer Guys, when I showed him it, he thought it should be in a Coen Brothers film when someone's getting murdered outside the church. So take from that what you will. A Scottish Presbyterian church. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a um, song, weirdly. Because <laughs> Michael has been making music for a while. I think I first heard his stuff well maybe about 10 years ago or something but oh, yeah. not not consistently you know you admit that himself but this uh, he's put everything into this album i think and i think as a introduction to what he does i am free works absolutely perfectly i mean the harmonies that, that are going on there oh, yeah. uh, i can see the coen brothers thing actually now that you've <laughs> mentioned it absolutely you can yeah. see them using that as something because there's something very as someone who doesn't make music, for me, there's something very emotional, emotional about hearing voices together like that. Just that. Yeah. Quite community-based, or conjures up That's a it. sense of togetherness or something that, yeah. Um, yeah, only harmonies can really do. And the harmonies themselves, they almost sound, they sound in a weird mix of like, this is just completely spontaneous and really orchestrated and thought out at the same time. And yeah, definitely a sense of togetherness you get from it. I can see everyone singing it again, in a Scottish Presbyterian church or something like that, or in a folk club. And just, yeah, this this song is very vulnerable and stripped back, but also does create that sense of community, I think. Yeah, I think I, I hadn't thought about that, but community, uh, and it, it, it brings you into the album as a whole by doing that, yeah. I think. This is a welcome space for everyone. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So my next choice is Frankie Morrow and White rocks so are one of the kind of breakthrough acts i think of the year um frankie morrow is the name of the singer and the name of the band i believe and a uh, this is really old school to me i can imagine them hanging out with um joni mitchell and you know neil young and hey ashbury you know because there's the saxophone and the guitars and the backing singers and you know it's got that real old rock and roll feel to it it reminds me, I've written down Fairport Convention for some reason, that yeah. kind of vibe for me. It's, yeah, it could be from, it's pretty timeless, but if, if you want to try and pinpoint it, it'd probably be somewhere in that era, as you said. Um, I love I love the, the use of brass in it as well. That's kind of unexpected for a song that could fit very neatly into sort of indie pop um, genre, that using these um, orchestral elements as well, it just kind of elevates it a bit further. Um, I love how they were just childhood pals who met on a train and decided to start a band. <laughs> it's just such a weird story. Um, it reminds me of a Scottish summer, weirdly. Again, I'm going back to nature here, but I feel like it could be playing um, but your indie mate who's really into underground music would show you this again, probably on a Walkman. But yeah, <laughs> during summertime. But yeah. Are there another band, sorry, there are another band who, who I would can't wait to see live. They played Glasgow recently and I couldn't make it, unfortunately. Oh dear. 
But uh, yeah, I would love to see these songs uh, played live. The, I picked White Rocks because I think it was the first thing I heard from them and it immediately made me sit up and listen and want to know more. Yeah, that's perfect. Her voice also, it's just, it's so kind of soulful and yet folky, which kind of intrigued me a lot. And it reminds me of um, someone like Sean Colvin or Amy Mann or somebody like that, who's just fairly understated, but can just, you know, effortlessly, effortlessly just flex about and just do incredible tricks, but not having to belt it at all, just like sliding and doing incredible runs, but not feeling the need to, you know, overshoot their shot, as it were. It's a very lovely, understated, yet soulful voice. Amy Mann's a great comparison, actually. I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. It can be almost spoken or whispered, yeah. and then you can get a switch with it. And you were saying how it's almost folky, there's that side to it, but, but like Mima, Frankie uses her accent as well, you know, it's not, it's not a huge thing, but it's there, and I think that does kind of root it in Scotland, where it might not have had otherwise if you had someone, you know, with a, you try putting on an American accent or something like that, transatlantic accent. No, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I can't wait to see Frankie Morrow live, and I'm really looking forward to how they continue to grow, because as I say, they're, they're really getting a lot of attention already. Yeah, yeah. Your next choice is. Uh, this is Halo by Halo by Blue Violet, who are a husband and wife duo, uh, Sam and Sarah Godley. Uh, their album Late Night Calls is is another one of my favourites this year. Yeah. It's another one I've put on in the car countless times. Just I love the the sort of juxtaposition again of the darkness and the kind of Americana vibe of it with um, Sarah's kind of a bit more floaty and, and more pure kind of vocals that go on in it. And then how she can change that to just be like in Halo, mm -hmm. super, super dark and angry almost. There's some kind of brooding, you know, darkness in there that I really appreciate in this one. And I, I really struggled to pick again from this album because I've mm -hmm. heard a lot of the songs loads, but this was the one that made me cry. So it's here. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you picked this one because it's an amazing uh, recording. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit like, Frankie Morrow were talking about another band that seems to have an old soul about them, you know, uh, in what they do. And I've written down American Torch Song, which is what I kind of think it is. It reminded me a bit of the Handsome Family or a kind of more gothic Gillian Welsh and Dave Rolling, you know, that kind of um, uh, dynamic going on. And I love how it builds. You were saying earlier how you like a song that builds. Wow, the song builds. The end is epic. It's so epic. <laughs> And it's also quite an, a raw and unsettling song. You were talking, you know, previously about that being the case, and there's no doubt that's going on here. Mm -hmm. It is it's oddly unsettling. I can sort of picture um, the, I don't know, a singer sort of in a big, 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 um, like Royal Concert Hall sort of thing with just them and just singing the song itself and then sort of just more and more the lights sort of come up, instruments come up and that kind of thing and join in. Um, and by the end again, the sort of fall or slide into the middle eight, just, it feels just, it's just, mm. such a, it kind of crushes me a bit or something. It just feels like this big weight just comes down on the whole thing. Um, yeah, it just makes you feel just kind of weirdly angry, <laughs> but in a good way. Or the, the person singing the song is like yeah. angry and passionate about this thing. And yeah, I love a song, again, as you said, that builds and just the, the ending of it is just... It's so far away from where we started. Again, it feels like this big, big journey has been had. It's almost a story, which I guess great talk songs are. And it feels to me that what you're talking about, that drop, almost feels like exhaustion. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then it builds back up again to this real kind of uh, exaltation. That's the right word for it. Is exhaustion. It does feel like someone's just given everything, and that's that's it. I can do no more. Yeah, can't do anything else. No, I love. Yeah, it's what this is again. One of my top. Well, it is one of the top ten songs of the year because it's on the <laughs> list. But it's one I keep coming back to because it's just such a yeah an emotional journey. Uh, it's just an incredible piece of music as well. But as we said before we started, it's so difficult to pick ten. Yeah. That if they're still resonating, if they've made this list, they are very, very good, basically. So my next choice was my kind of favourite return of the year. Uh, it's Butcher Boy, and I picked Sunday Bells. Um, the album is Ho uh, You Had a Kind Face, which came out this year, an anthology of, um, now for those who don't know, Butcher Boy came around in the late 90s. And then from then to now, they've kind of dropped in and out over the years, making music, releasing music, differing lineups uh, uh, through the way. They were the kind of band in the late 90s where if someone said, oh, I really like Bell and Sebastian, you would then introduce them to Butcher Boy and oh, say, well, okay. if you like them, you'll like them. You know, they had that similar kind of... a. Uh, indie but kind of chamber pop and uh, thing going on and, and intelligent lyrics and all the things that you might think of with, with Bell and Sebastian, Butcher Boy, Cher. Um, it was great. I'd kind of forgotten about them, I have to admit. And then this wonderful anthology came back, came out, and just to rediscover a band that you had kind of really loved before, it was like, oh yeah, this is why I love them. So it's a very personal choice in that sense to kind of go back and a... Uh, Listen to Butcher Boy again was great. What did you think of them? I have to say I hadn't heard them before, um, probably because I think they were formed in 1998 or something like that, and I was five. So that might be why I wasn't as familiar. But no, I really enjoyed listening to this one. And the lyrics, as you said, they're very intelligent. They read kind of like, I think John Blaine Hunt is a poet, so when you read it, it could just be a piece of poetry on its yeah. own. And then putting it with the music, um, com combining again, as we've, as we've had with the last song, the sort of wonder of a live band or just a recording band with orchestration to just elevate it further and the little touches of cello here and there mm -hmm. are yeah really really stunning to me and the lyrics as you said are, are very very intelligent like can you tell me why the wires touching the mirror rust was a particularly favorite mm -hmm. line of mine and i'll have to go back and listen to the, the whole anthology now because as you said very bell and sebastian which was one of my dad's favorite bands for a long time so definitely one I need to show him as well. So um, I'd be getting this for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, excellent. I mean, they weren't hugely well-known uh, even back in, in, in the 90s, but they were always, um, you know, if you managed to catch them live or whatever, it was always a great, you know, big, lots of people on stage, again, just enjoying uh, kind of making music together. And one of the people uh, that was in the band, Alison Eels, uh, who's a fantastic musician, who is releasing new music in the new year and I can't wait to hear that so we might talk about her when we do this next year who nice. knows so your final choice I think yeah. go to that yeah. stage so my final choice is try to kick it but, but I missed by uh, the micro band who are um, based in Leith I think or at least their labels based in Leith um, another one that kind of harkens back to the sort of gospel chanty community thing I was talking about with Michael Cassidy was just opening with just sort of kids playing running around and then just a simple clicking and the harmonies all singing together sort of chanting it reminds me a bit of um down to the river to pray or something one yeah. of those old songs like Alison Krauss versions or something that just builds and builds um but then it just kicks in with the full band the riffs it just feels like a big 
again a kind of celebration song or something like that it feels kind of like a big festival or a big party's happening somewhere and this song is the main soundtrack to it basically it's just yeah it was written uh, over lockdown again um when it kind of i think the idea was they're looking forward to what we were talking about earlier about live music coming back and everyone being together and experience it all at the same time and seeing these incredible bands come back live and um, i think the song successfully does do that it kind of reminds us how much we'd love to see well this song live first of all and just of just all the bands we've, we've loved to be listening to um over the pandemic and over well over our lives really it is interesting we, we've already uh, put out our best books of the year and one of the themes that came out was dystopian fiction you know all the ones going to hell on a handcuff and i wonder if some of the music that's coming out is so reflective of, of what we've been through yeah it really is yeah if you think that after the year the couple of years we've had we want to get away from dystopian you know ideas and towards utopian ideas but oh well maybe that's coming next maybe that's in the next few years yeah maybe I, this is another one I missed, um, so thank you for introducing me to the microband. What a classy record, really class from start to finish. And recorded at Abbey Road Studios, I think. I think, yeah, they, their last EP certainly was. I'm not positive about this one, but I think it okay. would have been. I know that the guitarist, Daniel, did a, a selection of songs, singles, recorded um, over lockdown, um, just on his iPhone. He just used his iPhone and a wee a USB microphone, I think, and the right. singles he produced from that were incredible so in my head it could be abbey road it could, it could be, be their room i don't know <laughs> they could clearly um have mastered both um methods of recording so i'm not sure um but yeah but well, well if they've done that on, if you've done that on an iphone <laughs> all right fair enough then wow there's a lot of studios going to be quaking in their boots and that's <laughs> the harmonies that are, again the harmonies are absolutely to die for just floats through the whole song and just again ties it together with a big bow on it so beautifully with the harmonies on top of it. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. Um, once we finish recording this, I'm going to go and investigate further. Oh, good. And for uh, the last choice on our list, it's from me, and it's Tamzine Dance with you again. And this almost brings me to tears every time oh. I uh, play it. It's, it's like listening to um or it's making me feel sad for a relationship i have no part of yeah you know I, i'm not involved at all in this but i really feel sad about it mm -hmm. um and i think tamzine just like i said about alice Faye, she's got this incredible voice but the, it really matches the song and i think the best singer songwriters that's what happens isn't it the songs and the singing come together to make a complete whole no, I, 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 I have to admit, again, hadn't heard of this one, or Tamsin, even though looking her up, she seems, um, yeah, she's uh, garnered quite a lot of acclaim, which is great. Mm. Um, she's from Cromarty, which was surprising as well. There's not many folk, well, um, I know a few folk from Cromarty, and they say there's not much going on there, but it's a beautiful part of the world, really, really stunning. Um, and I get what you mean about feeling like you're part of this relationship, even though you're nowhere near it, because um, it's, again, the way it's written, Kind of like a diary and kind of very vulnerably um like it's just the thoughts are just kind of spilling out a little bit um and you do feel like you're kind of included as a listener yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense and the minimalism of it as well it just seems like again the quiet thoughts that someone would have in a diary rather than you know any kind of big declaration of love or any big loud bombastic thing it's just this it feels like a window into someone's mind and into someone's grief over the loss of the relationship um, very subtle and understated, and yeah, that can definitely bring out a lot of emotions in a listener. 
Well, I don't, God, I'm glad I'm not listening to this just after a breakup. I would be in bits. But uh, the album it's from is called Details, and it's worth checking out. I mean, I've been aware of Tamsin for a few years now, and yeah, uh, she's. I can see why people are, are, are uh, being uh, critically acclaimed, or she is critically acclaimed because, yeah, her songs are amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing. That's another one. After we record this, I'll go check out her album as well because I would like to hear more of it. Her voice was just yeah, it does just cut right through you. So that is our 20. We have made it to the end. Another great selection of tracks, I must say. Alright, so yeah, we did pretty well. Not to yeah. congratulate ourselves, but yeah. Yeah, I hope people agree. As I, as I said at the beginning, head over to the Spotify list. The links will be on the website and as will the links to all the artists featured as well. So remember, it is Christmas time. You can buy music and share it around. It would be a really good thing to do. And it's just interesting looking over the selection that, as we mentioned between us a few times, a lot of them are tracks from albums and EPs. And I wonder if that suggests that during lockdown and all the time that people really have been working on a lot of songs that they can then put out. Yeah, I'm feeling bad about my productivity, definitely. I've been <laughs> albums, say, or a couple of singles. But yeah, it's incredible how much... People have been working over this time to release these big bodies of work and I'm really thankful for it because, yeah, we've had some incredible pieces of art come from this year and, uh, yeah, and interesting to see how many come out next year when everyone's, you know, back to work. And yeah, that's, that's, that's true, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, it really is just scratching the surface. There's so much great music being made every week, being released every week in Scotland. It's, it, it blows me away all the time. Yeah, I don't know how you managed to fit it all in, to be honest. I listened to all of it. I really don't know. And reading the books as well. And the films. I don't know why you got the time. I have nothing else in my life. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. Um, thank you so much again for uh, joining me. It's been a, a pleasure as always. It has been a pleasure. I hope I'm back next year with even more good music. Yeah. You will be. Uh, we'll have to pick 10 again. No. Oh, no. <laughs> that bit at least. It's very and we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Cheers. <laughs>